for your consideration tonight. We're going to go back to James and try to finish what we started last week. I wish that I had known this when I first started living for God. It was in the book. I just didn't know it was there. It's a lot of how I've learned the hard way. You ever had to climb up the rough side of the mountain? After you got up, you saw there was an easier way. God shows you something. So it may not help your past, but maybe it will help your present and your future. James chapter 1, verses 2 down through verse number 7. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Everybody said amen. We started last Wednesday night, the key to what? Anybody remember? I I don't want to put you on the spot. I'll tell you. The key to not wasting your trials. And we all have them. And the truth is many of us have wasted a lot of things that God has invested in us because we just were either not paying attention or we were too thick-headed, as my dad used to say, bull-headed. We were too stubborn or whatever else. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you would allow me, I'm just going to read this same passage of Scripture in a few translations to try to magnify our thought in your mind. I'm reading the message translation reads like this. It says, consider it a sheer gift. Everybody say a gift. Consider it a gift, friends, when when tests and challenges come from all sides. So it's a gift when we are tested. Everybody say it's a gift. It's the gift that keeps on giving too. (laughs) So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature, well-developed, not deficient in anything. Verse number three says, you know that under pressure, Your faith life is forced into the open to show its true colors. I love that. If you don't know what you're doing, pray. Amen. If you don't know what you're doing, pray. Because the Father loves to help 
you'll find his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Isn't that an awesome God? That when we ask, he doesn't ask us why we're asking. He just, as a good father, takes care of those things. The New Living Translation says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So one, one translator calls it a gift. This translation calls it an opportunity. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. And I'm reading one more of the Living Bible. It says, Dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy. Amen. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow and don't try to squirm out of your problems for when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything, strong in character, full and complete. You will be ready for anything, strong in character, full and complete. Now that's that's what I want from God, sometimes I just don't like the way that God goes about working that out in my life. And the only way that he can do that are through, is through the trials and the tests and the problems that we have to navigate. Perhaps there is nothing that is more difficult for you and I to fully understand than this issue of test or temptations or trials because our natural mind does not like that kind of pressure. If God loves me, why would he let this happen to me is a question that oftentimes comes to our lips. The most natural response to adversity is usually to groan or to plead for God to remove it. Very seldom do we find ourselves considering it a gift or an opportunity. But if something could happen tonight, that the next time you go through some tragic thing or some trying situation, that instead of you or I, complaining about it or instead of us throwing our hands up in despair and say, I'm through, this is it, I'm not going, I'm not doing this anymore, that we would look at it as an opportunity, that we would consider it a gift from God, a gift that will produce in us something that will be of eternal value. Brother Putnam, who is the superintendent of the Wisconsin district, grew up in Dybal, Texas. But a few years ago, he related uh, some of the things that his life had gone through. He pastored in 
Wisconsin for a number of years, had a church of about 250 or so people, and and uh, they just they 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 were stuck at that number. And during all of that time, his son committed suicide, and he struggled deeply. Evidently, the young man was not ready to meet God, and he he wrestled with that. And in the process of all of this, he began to develop some severe health problems. So not only was he suffering the loss of a son and knowing perhaps where his son would spend eternity, he was also dealing with his own physical problems. And he said it, it's, it just it wore on him. It it's got him down. He, he he said he developed a negative attitude and he was complaining. And one day while he was laying on the floor, I think in the sanctuary, praying, really he wasn't praying. He, was, he said, I was, I was probably more complaining uh, than anything else. I was calling it praying, but really I was just venting my frustrations to God. He said, all of a sudden it dawned on me. I am not going to waste my sorrows and he got up and he started digging into what God was trying to produce in his life through those tragedies now you say do you mean that God took his son so that it would get him no but God used that tragic event just like he uses a lot of things that happened to us that he doesn't have anything to do with. They're just part of life or part of the work of the enemy. But God can still take that and he can use it to help mold us. And as a result of that, he began to dig in and determine in his mind that he was going to not waste his sorrows. And in the process of of all of those things, his church began to experience revival. And in a matter of just a few months, they began to pray people through by the truckload. And when I say truckload, I mean literally within just like a, a year and a half to two year period of time, his church grew from 250 to over 1,200 people. All because a man got up and decided to not waste his tears and not waste his trial and somehow allow God to develop something in him that would make him better, that would help make his church better. And as a result of that, he experienced a great revival. That's just one of many stories. Uh, if we can utilize what God is doing and understand that God has a divine purpose in everything that comes into our life, if we can ever really believe that and grasp that, that God will not allow one thing into my life that is not destined to help me if it is used properly, God will not allow it to come. Satan had to ask permission before he could even come before Job with any kind of temptation or problem or pressure. And that lets me know that whatever comes into my life, it has first had to pass God's approval. And it's had to first be filtered through his love for me. 
Now, as a parent, as, as, as someone who has children, there are many times in our life that we allow our kids to go through things not because we don't love them or because we want them to just suffer or we want to, they, we feel like they need to be paid back for the misery they've caused us. But we allow them to go through that because there is something in us called love for them. And we know that if we can help them navigate through that, they will come out mature. They will come out growing and and developing in the way that they ought to. There are things sometimes that we say no because we love them. We say no. that, That would destroy them. But other things... We allow to happen, and so it is with God. There are things, if it was going to destroy me, God would not let it come to me. He's not in the business of tearing his children down. He's in the business of building us up. So if we can ever get that in our mind, it doesn't matter what is going wrong in our life. God has it there for an intended purpose there is a reason that God is allowing this to come through and no matter where the affliction originates no matter who is involved in it or how evil its intention by the time it reaches me it has been dipped in his love and shaped to accomplish a good purpose in my life amen I believe that tonight And the question is, will we cooperate with what God's trying to accomplish? Are we going to resist it and fight it and struggle against it? Because God has a purpose. He wants to develop something in us that will make us better. Amen. He will make us better. It is interesting that many things in life are tried. The iron railroad bridge that is constructed, that is a masterwork of architecture, listen to me, it is no stronger after its strength has been tried by running a dozen heavy trains over it than it was before. And neither is a gun barrel any stronger when it has come from the proofing house where it has been fired many times at more than maximum load capacity. They have tried it by firing it with four or five times the proper charge. But when it comes out, it is no better than it was when it went in. It was just proven to be trustworthy. But. When James considered what you and I have to go through, he said it's not going to let you come out the way that you went into it. But that trial is going to test your faith and strengthen your faith. And the temptation that's assaulting your integrity is going to actually confirm it and make it stronger. That's amazing that God would utilize those things to help mature me. Now, I know that we're mostly mature age, but I've discovered something about life. 
that just because you've lived a long time doesn't mean you've learned a lot. <laughs> Amen. And I'm talking about me as well. I, our age does not really determine what we have learned in life. And so God allows these things to happen to help mature us, to grow us, to uh, advance us so that we can be better. Not everyone who grows old grows up. But God is not interested in me just growing old, living for him. He said that we might grow up into the perfect man. That we might develop toward, upwards, that there would be a progression in our life. We may not be like a rocket ship, but we're moving on an upward plane. That every day we're getting farther away from what we used to be and closer to what we ought to be. Because we are allowing the things that God has brought in, the trials, the tests, we're allowing them to do the work. We're giving it the opportunity to help make us better. And not only does it help mature us or grow us, but it helps us be complete. That means fully developed. That means that we are growing into our full capacity. We are we're not just maturing in mentality or character, but we are growing up spiritually in another way. The purpose of trials are to develop qualities, both moral and spiritual, with the view of bringing us to completeness. So that, as he said, we are lacking nothing, fully furnished. Amen. Fully furnished. We, we have some so-called neighbors that live down the street that have been living in the house for some time. Now, I'm not a, a peeping Tom or anything, but when you walk down the sidewalk and look in the house, there's no furniture on the bottom floor. Now, we don't know what's going on. We, we figure it's probably a corporate-bought house, and they just come in when they're in town. But if you were to walk into that house and look around, you'd have a hard time finding something to sit on because it's not fully furnished. And when it comes to our spiritual life, God doesn't want our house to be empty. He wants our life to be full. That's, that's sometimes the hardest thing for people to grasp is that God really does want to bless me. Financially, spiritually, materially, God doesn't have a problem with me having things. He has a problem with things having me. Abraham, according to modern calculations, would probably have been in our time a billionaire. He was extremely wealthy because of the blessings of God, but he never let his financial blessing get between him and God. So, it's hard for us to fathom that God, you know, I grew up in, in a time where we were supposed to be poor and from the other side of the tracks and all that. And you know what? Maybe that mentality uh, is something that we embrace. But that's not the will of God that we have to be struggling all of our life. He wants our life to be fully furnished. Now, 
It may not be furnished with Ethan Allen. You may have to buy it from Bells, but it, you know, don't complain because the bed didn't come from sleep number. If you've got a bed to sleep on, you ought to thank God you've got a bed to sleep on. If you've got a Ford to drive, don't complain because you don't have a Mercedes to drive. Amen. Now, I'm just using the natural, but the fact is in the spiritual realm, we have more than we imagine. We can... We are blessed every day. I was thinking while we were praying, worshiping earlier, how blessed I am just to be here today. How many times has my life been held by a thread? And it could have been snapped out in a moment of time, but God kept his hand. He delayed a trip. He diverted me to another road. He took me down a side street, and I griped all the way down the side street only to get to the end and find out that if I'd have gone the other way, I would have been in a, in a wreck or something. Every day that I live, I'm blessed. And sometimes we fail to see that because we focus On the pain of the moment, and hear me, we waste our trials when we focus on the pain and not the purpose. When we focus on the problem and not what that problem is trying to work out in our life. When we allow ourselves to complain, we take away the spiritual accomplishment that God was trying to bring to pass in our life. And so the writer said, when you go into trial, you could you should consider it a gift. God is trying to bless you. Man. He's trying to advance your life. He's trying to mature you. Now, last Wednesday night we talked about some things that have to do with our trials. And and what we have to do in order to not waste our trials. Number one, he said, you must count it all joy. That literally means uh, that, that you are to, to have an attitude. When you're in the midst of trials, your attitude is more important than your altitude. Where you are in your mind and in your spirit when those things happen, is more critical than where you are in the flesh or in the physical in those times. And so you must count it all joy. And the word count came from the Greek word which means to rule or to lead. In other words, command it, not allow it to command you. And when you have the right attitude. You know what I've discovered about life? If you've got the right attitude, there is no problem too big that you can't overcome. But if you've got a lousy attitude, people could spoon feed you bluebell ice cream four times a day and steak in between and you'd still not be happy. If you have a negative bent and you just have a propensity of always looking at life as being half full or half empty, what I should say, instead of being half full, 
you are setting yourself up for failure. You're going to waste a lot of things that God's trying to do in your life. And so we've got to count it. We've got to have an attitude. That's, that's the one thing that you control that nobody else has any. I don't care what you say or what I say. There's nobody that can rob me or hijack my attitude but me. Now, I understand that people can get you mad and they can set you off and do all that, but I still have control over my I still have the reins and I can pull them in and say, oh, 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 we're not going down that road. And so I've got to have the right attitude. Attitude determines my actions. A joyful attitude is what he's calling for, and so I have to count it. Say count it. Number two, he said you have to understand it. You've got to have an understanding mind. He used the word know. You have to know some things. And you know things by experience, which means that when you're trying to go forward, sometimes you have to look back to see what God's already done, what he's already brought you out of. And when you look back and see what he's already accomplished, and then you turn to look forward, you realize, you know what, this isn't going to be anything for God to handle because he handled all of that. So you've got to understand it. Everybody say understand it. Understand it. The test is to see its worth. It may not be a lot, as I mentioned about the gold ore, but... It, it, it's not about the volume, it's not about the amount, it's about the attestation that it is gold that is going to produce something good. And then the third thing is that I have to surrender it. I have to let it. Let it. Everybody say let it. Let it be. Let is the key word because God cannot do anything in my life that I am not in cooperation with. God is a gentleman. He will not invade my my life if I don't want him to. That's why when you see a picture of him in Revelation, he is standing at the door knocking. He could have he could have bolted he could have walked through the door just like he did with his disciples after the resurrection. But when it comes to your life and my life, our spiritual salvation, he is not going to barge in. He's going to knock on the door, and he will not come in until we open that door. So I have to cooperate with God. I've I've got to understand that what God's trying to accomplish is not. For my bad, it's for my good. He's not trying to hurt me. He's trying to help me. Now, I understand being a parent, sometimes there's pain in helping. When you see a child reaching out for the stove, you don't say, oh, that's cute. Look at them reaching for the stove. You slap that hand and what happened? Ah, Mama hates me. Mama hurt me. But you did that because you... Love them. You did that because you didn't want them to be harmed. So sometimes being able to let God do some stuff is allowing him the privilege of taking us through some dark places so we can truly learn how to trust him. He cannot work in my life without my consent. So I should not fight God, but I should follow him. I should not 
argue with God. I should come into agreement with God. Because when I come into agreement with him, then he can help, help move me toward the man that I ought to be. Everybody say, let it. Surrender it. Let it be. Let it be. Let patience have its perfect work in you. Now, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I realized afresh today that I was not born with patience. Now, I was born with the capacity to love. I was born with the capacity to reciprocate feelings and emotions, but I was not born with patience. And I proved that from the get-go. As soon as my diaper was not to my suiting, what did I do? Ah! When my stomach growled a little bit and I felt like they weren't paying attention, what did I do? Ah! I didn't care if it was 3 o'clock in the morning or 3 in the afternoon, Brother Eddie. I wanted somebody to pay attention because I needed something. And if they didn't get it in my mouth quick enough, I made a lot more noise. We were not born with patience. It has to be developed. It has to be nurtured and brought to our life. And so the way God brings that, because patience has... I don't even have time to go into it, but you ought to do your own personal study on what patience will produce in your life. But there's so many spiritual benefits. It's like taking vitamin B12. It'll pump you up. And some of these other good vitamins that you you don't even realize the the side benefits and blessings to God developing patience in you. In your patience possess ye your soul, the scripture says. That he that endureth to the end. One translation said that he that is patient to the end, the same shall be saved. It's not to the fastest. It's not to the quickest. It's not to the smartest. It's to the man who endures, who continues. And so we've got to let God develop that in us because it has the side benefit of, of, of bringing us to perfection and having an, a life that's entire and and wanting nothing, wanting nothing. Not empty, just a shell, but fully furnished with the best. Amen. And you know what I've learned about God? Sometimes you have to shop at Bell's before you can go to Lewis Shanks. And you know what I'm saying? You have to drive a Ford before you can get to a Mercedes. Oh, some of you don't get that yet, but you will. You don't understand what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that because I'm not capable of handling that yet, he let. this is what he's let me have. But if I'll keep letting him work on me and work through me, he'll move me to better things so that when I look, my house will be like a Taj Mahal. My spiritual house will be like a Taj Mahal. It will lack nothing. It will be more splendorous. Than, than, than the Queen of England's castles if I just let God keep working this stuff out in my life. Amen. Because God's a good giver. He gives the best gifts. All right, now let's, let's go. We're going to finish this tonight. In 10 minutes, we're going to finish this. Everybody said 10 minutes. 
Some of you don't believe I can do anything in 10 minutes, but I won't prove to you I can. The fourth thing that you have to do, you have to know what to ask for. When you're in the middle of trial, you have to know what you have to have to get through it. Now, it's interesting that he would say, if any lack wisdom. Because if we are in the middle of trial, why should we ask for wisdom? Why not ask for strength? Isn't that something that would seem more, more, more usable? I need strength to bear the trial. Or if we were in trial, why not ask for grace that we could bear the trial? Or why not ask for deliverance? <laughs> That's even better. God, get me out of this. But he said, if any lack not strength or not grace or not deliverance or desire, but he said, if any man lack wisdom, why wisdom? Because knowledge is the ability to take things apart. Wisdom is the ability to know how to put it back together. And when I am in the middle of trial. I need the wisdom to know how to let that work for my good. And so I have to know how to ask for the right thing. We need wisdom so we don't waste our trials. We need wisdom so we don't waste our pain. So that we don't waste our opportunity God has given us to grow and mature and develop. Wisdom to know how to utilize that. Wisdom helps us use these circumstances for good. Don't waste your sorrows. Don't waste your trials. Don't waste your test. Amen. Everybody say, you've got to ask it. You've got to ask for wisdom. And the fifth thing that we find in our text is found In verse number 6, but he said, but let him ask in faith. If you're going to rightly utilize the trials that come to your life and not waste them and realize that they are a gift, you're going to have to believe it. You're going to have to believe that whatever has come, whatever God has let come, that it is God's hand and God's purpose that's going to work it out. It may not have come by the hand of God. It may have come from my enemy. It may have come by way of some temptation of my own flesh. But if I surrender to him, if I let him utilize that, God can put his hand on that And he can rework it so that it will produce something good in me. And so I have to have a believing heart. Why do I need a believing heart? Because I understand that love is behind all of this. The reason that God is letting this happen is because God loves me. And because God loves me, he wants me to be better. He wants me to grow. He wants me to have everything 
He wants me to have a full house. He wants me to have a fullness of life. He wants me to be filled with joy overflowing. He wants me to be able to go through life praising and magnifying him, not moaning and groaning and complaining. And so because he loves us, he gave himself for us. And so I ask, knowing that he's a liberal giver and that I don't ever have to worry about him chastising me because I ask him something or I ask too much. Amen. God will never chastise you for asking. So go ahead and ask. Why do we ask? Because we know he's a good, good father. We know that he is a generous giver. We know that he will not withhold any good thing from them who walk uprightly before him. Not that are perfect before him, but those who try to conduct themselves in a right spirit, in a right attitude. He will not withhold any good thing from my life. Amen. So here's what I have to understand. That if God says no, there's a reason. And I need to accept God's no. If God says yes, but it's not what I want, understand that God would never say yes to anything to come to my life that was not going to work to my good and make me better. It's just like when I was a kid, spinach sounded gross. Anybody, when you were a child, a, a small child, liked spinach? Some of you not. You were the oddities, so I'm telling you. In the neighborhood where I lived, potatoes and gravy and meat, that was it. Macaroni and cheese, but spinach, a broccoli. I never even heard broccoli until I was an adult. I didn't even know what broccoli was. And worse than that, asparagus. I'd never seen asparagus in my life until I was a grown adult. You say, oh, no, I'm not. And how do you know you don't like it? You've never even tasted it. But I found out that a lot of those things that I didn't like were actually good for me. Carrots. You say, I don't believe that. You ever seen a rabbit with glasses? Some of you need to smile a little bit right now. I'm telling you, please edit that from the tape tonight if you can. But there's a lot of stuff in life that we don't realize at the time. Is a benefit. I was reading the other day something about cancer. They have discovered something that is natural that we have not even considered for the use of cancer. It is now being used and utilized to help battle can't battle cancer in the in the human body, and it's something that no one ever considered before. But all the time, it was there. It's been there all those years. I, I, it, it was part of our life for, uh, for forever. We, it's, we, we've known what it was. And yet, nobody realized the, the, the extended benefits of that blessing was. And so it is with God. There's so many things that God does, and he works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. And we're scratching our head thinking, okay, God, if you love me, why... Why do I feel this way? Why am I having to fight this battle right now? And on God's side, he's saying, come on, child. 
you're going to make it. This, this is going to help. This is going to bring something out of you that's going to make you stronger and better so that a year from now you will be farther along your spiritual journey than you are right now. This thought came to my mind on the way to church this evening. God, please help me. I don't ever want to get to the place that I am stagnated in my spiritual journey and that a year from now I am no better than I am right now or a year from now I'm no closer to you than I am right now or a year from now I don't know any more about you than I know right now. That's a tragedy. I want to grow. And the only way that growth will come in the kingdom of God is through the adversities that I have to fight, the resistance that comes to my life. That's how you build strength. You don't build strength by sitting down and reading a book on weightlifting. Oh, I'm going to get this. You read all you want to read. All you're going to do is turn to mush. Somewhere you're going to have to get into a gym and, and there's going to have to be some resistance. Now in your mind, we got drugstore cowboys that live all over the place nowadays. But in their mind, oh man. But they've never exerted themselves to, to, to develop the strength that they think their mind has convinced them that they have. And so it is with my spiritual life. Sometimes I can read this book, and it's full of good stuff, but it doesn't really get down to where I live until I have to live it. I have to live through some stuff. And then I've got to go back and I pull it out and say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. It's not until I've had to sleep through... Uh, some some storms or, or, or go through some storms or live through some troubles that I can go and find that word that said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's not until I have gone through the pressures that I find myself stronger and, and that I come out of it and, and I look around and, and like the the, the Hebrew boys, they looked at themselves and there wasn't one thread of their clothing that had been burnt. They didn't even smell like smoke. No singed hair. Amen. All it did was just make them better. Praise God. Do you understand the strength of their faith? I know what they said before the fire. We believe he will, but if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Can you imagine how bold they were after that experience? And that's why God lets us go through things. We think, oh, man, I know everything there is to know about God. I've lived for God all these years. There's not much new for me. That's a, not, <laughs> that's a sad way to live. I want something new every day. Because the Bible said he makes things new every day. Morning by morning, new mercies I find. Why? Because he wants me to get better. He wants me to grow a little more. He wants me to become more like him. And if you get too spiritually minded, he'll take you. He'll translate you. Easy as that. You say, well, I don't know. I don't want to get too spiritual. Hey, you can never get too spiritual. You can never get too close to God. Amen. Let's stand.
Well, I did it. Well, actually, I'm 11 minutes, not 10 minutes. Not wasting our trials. You know what the key is? The key is counting it. Counting it. You're, you're, you're not controlling me. You're, you're not going to manipulate me. And it's embracing it. It's understanding it's an opportunity. It's a gift. Amen. A gift. It's a good gift. It's a, a gift that will help make me a better man. If I, if I will cooperate with God, if I won't fight, if I'll just let it, let it be, if I'll let it work, if I'll let it do its thing in my life, that when I come out, I'll be like pure gold. I'll be stripped of the impurities. I think most of you have heard me say it before, but one of the things that I discovered a few years ago in studying about the biblical process of refining gold is that the, the refiner would sit by the pot and he would stir it. He would turn the heat up. He would turn it higher. He would stir it. And as he stirred it, the impurities would begin to separate from the gold. And they would come to the top and he would scoop it off. And he would stir it. He would turn the fire up a little bit more. He would take it off the fire. Then he would put it back with a more intense heat. Just keep stirring it. More impurities. And when he knew it was ready, when he knew it was pure, is when he could see his reflection in that pot. And that's how God is. He just keeps stirring. We, we think we're further along than we are. He keeps stirring. He says, oh, no, there's an attitude that needs to, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's something there that you, you need to get out. And he keeps turning the heat up, not to hurt me, but to help me. What a God. What an awesome and mighty God. And he has given me the key to understanding that. Read the book of James over and over and over, and you'll find it feeding your soul every day. Because you'll find in it a great God, a merciful God, who wants me to be better. He wants you to be better. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands and just thank Him for that tonight. Would you do that? Oh, hallelujah.